You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 36, by way of review, we talked about two weeks ago just a few lessons we can see from this particular chapter. Number one, we said that we see the power and the relevance of the Bible. You know, it's amazing in our world, it's amazing how things change so quickly, okay? Let's just take one very simple example. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the service, I mentioned that we have a, an app that is available on iPhones and iPads and on all Mac computers. We're working on, Brother Caleb's working on getting the app done for the Android. So if you have a different kind of phone or a different kind of a, a device, it'll work for that too. But now, now hear me out. Some of you right now, you're thinking, I don't know what that is. I don't care what that is. I ain't getting one of those. And that, that's fine. That's fine. But how about this? Remember when you had, remember when you got a CD player? And remember when that was revolutionary? I mean, how many of you remember that? I remember the first CD player we got in our home. And I, I just, I couldn't believe it. There's no way. I mean, this is, this is like earth shattering. Now, when I, when I was growing up, when I was little, we had cassette tapes, right? We played music on cassette tapes. And I, we, we, that's how you did preaching. You did preaching on cassette tapes. How many of you, and, and I, I can't raise my hand for this, but how many of you remember when cassette tapes first came out, all right? And you remember you thought, there's no, this, this is not possible. I'm setting you up. You know I am, huh? How many of you, and I'm sure nobody's old enough for this, but how many of you remember when the eight tracks, you remember that? The eight, we got a few, all right? Does anybody remember when the records came out? Oh, no, no way. Brother Graham, you're not that old. No way. No, you can't say that. For those of you watching online, Brother Graham said something he should not have said. He said he's not that old, but his wife is. We're going to be taking up money for a, uh, a nice uh, doghouse outside for Brother Ralph to be uh, staying in after that comment. But you know, you think about those things, and uh, I remember, um, Mom, I remember when, uh, when, we were, when I was a child, I remember when someone, I think it was Grandma, gave us a VCR. We couldn't believe it. How is this possible? You can have a recording of something from TV and you can play it anytime you want. You don't have to catch it live on TV. And then I remember when the, the, the DVRs came out and I mean, that was all just groundbreaking. But you know, now if you saw a record player laying around, you'd say, that's, that's not worth anything. I mean, unless it's some kind of antique or some kind of a family heirloom. That's not worth anything. An eight-track player is not worth anything. A cassette player is not worth anything unless you've got cassette tapes and you're holding on to that so you can at least play those if you need to. But you know what's so amazing how technology changes, fashions change, uh, world powers come and go, leaders come and go, 
uh, uh, advancements. I think about advancements in medicine and in the medical field. You know, those things, some of that, they discovered, oh, that's actually not the way we should treat this, or that's not the way we should do this. But aren't you glad tonight that we have a book that never changes? It's always powerful and it's always relevant. We don't have to update it. We don't have to rewrite it. We don't have to correct it. We don't have to twist it to make it fit. We have a Bible that is powerful and that is living. And we said from the book of Jeremiah chapter 36, we see the power and the relevance of the Bible. The word of the Lord came, it says, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. Well, guess what? Here we are in 2021, and the Word of God is still powerful, and the Word of God still speaks. Number two, we see the purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is found in verse three. It says that they may return. God gave the Word to Jeremiah so that the people may return every man from his evil way that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. The Bible was not written for us to have some wonderful literary work that we could talk about. The Bible was written so we could read it and we could study it and we could obey it and we could live it and we could experience God's blessing in our life. We see the purpose of the Bible. It was written so that it would change our lives. Number three, we talked about Barak. We said you got to find your role, find what God has for you and do what God wants you to do. Not everybody's going to be the piano player. Not everybody's going to be the sound man. Not everybody is going to play the organ. Although we need to get Miss Odell and Miss Drew, who's been coming, we need to get you back on that organ whenever you're ready, okay? It's, I, I, as a matter of fact, I think I can hear that organ right now. I think it's calling your name, Miss Odell. But not everybody can play that. Not everybody can uh, run the live stream. Not everybody can run the radio. Not everybody can teach a class. Not everybody can drive a bus. Not everybody can do those things, but you can do something. And find the role. Find the place that God has for you and give it 110% till Jesus comes back. Find your role and fulfill it. Number four, we said never underestimate the power of the Bible. We see that Jeremiah was confined to prison. Jeremiah could not leave the prison. Jeremiah was, was tied down, but the word of God was not tied down. And the power of God's word was going forward and the power of God's word was alive and well. Never underestimate the power of the Bible. Say, well, it could never work on my coworker. Can never help my neighbor. Can never help my, my spouse. Can never help my child. Can never help my parent. I got news for you. This book can change anybody. This book has the power to change lives. Number five, we said that God's people, us Christians, we need the preaching. The Bible says that Barak went to the house of the Lord to deliver the message. Sometimes we think, oh, all those people out in the world, they need preaching. Well, maybe so, but I'll tell you who needs preaching. I do. We do. God's people, we need the preaching of the Word of God. Number six, we said, don't let your Christian life become a ritual or a routine. And here's why. Barak went to the gate to preach to these people. And guess what? These were people that were coming to the temple. These were people that were going through the motions of religion. 
Now, I know, I know what you're thinking, or I shouldn't say I know what you're thinking. I, I, I think I have an idea. Because sometimes we look at other religions, and we say, oh, I can't believe they do that. I can't believe they go through that ritual. I can't believe they do that, and it's just they don't live it, and they don't believe it, and it's just all a big, big show. Well, hang on. Let's make sure that we look in the mirror ourselves and we make sure that we're not just going through the motions. Now, if you're here tonight and you say, honestly, pastor, I don't want to be here. I'm just here because it's a habit. Well, I'm glad you're here and keep coming. But it's a whole lot better when you come to church and you don't have to come. It's a whole lot better when you come to church because you get to come. It's a whole lot better when you come to church hungry for God to speak and, and seeking a blessing and asking God to give you something. But don't let your Christian life just become a ritual or a routine. Let's pick up there, verse number 10. The Bible says, Then Barak, in the book of the words of Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, in the higher court, at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house, in the ears of all the people. Here's where Barak is reading. Verse number 11. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord, then he went down into the king's house, into the scribe's chamber. And lo, all the princes sat there, even Elishama the scribe, and Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Akbor, and Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard when Barak read the book in the ears of the people. Therefore, all the princes sent Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushai, unto Barak, saying, Take in thine hand the roll wherein thou hast read in the ears of the people, and come. So Barak, the son of Neriah, took the roll in his hand and came unto them. And they said unto him, sit down now and read it in our ears. So Barak read it in their ears. Now it came to pass, I want you to notice verse 16. It came to pass when they had heard all the words that they were afraid, both one and another. Now hang on. I think that's a good reaction. When you hear the word of God, when I hear the word of God, and there's something that God is telling us that we're not doing that we should do, or there's something we are doing that we shouldn't do, I think it's a good thing when the fear of God comes over us. I think it's a good thing to say, you know what? I better get with the program. I better get right with God. The Bible says they feared, and they said unto Barak, we will surely tell the king all these words. So hang on, we're going to see in this passage, they weren't afraid of what God would do. They were afraid of what the king would do when the king heard these words. Verse 17, and they asked Barak, saying, tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? And Barak answered them, he pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. <laughs> That's kind of a, one of those sarcastic answers, I think. How do you think I wrote it? He said it, and I wrote it down with ink in the book. You know, duh, how, do you, how would you write something? And Barak answers, and then verse 19 then said the princes unto Barak, and keep in mind, Barak is Jeremiah's assistant. He's Jeremiah's scribe. They said to Barak, go hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. Lord, speak to us in these next few moments as we look at your word. I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice in this passage, we see that 
while Barak read the message, he read the word of God to these people, it was a place where the message should have been well received. These were people that were coming into the temple. Not only that, there were people that were in leadership that were present for the reading of the word of God. Now, I would say this, if, if we called a meeting with all of the leaders of our church, we called the deacons, we called the Sunday school teachers, we called the, the choir members, we called the ushers, we called the junior church workers, the bus workers, we got all the leaders together and we said, hey, here's what God has to say. I would hope that the spiritual leaders would be the first ones to respond and to say, we're getting right with God. Can I tell you, if we as spiritual leaders are not right with God, what do we expect from everybody else? If we're not following God, we have no business leading. If we're not following God, we have no business trying to tell somebody else what to do. And let's make sure that we are consistent. Let's make sure that we are real. And let's make sure we're not trying to preach something to somebody else when we are not living it. And these leaders should have received it. But I don't know why. I'm not sure what the reason was. Maybe it was jealousy. Maybe these leaders felt like that they should have gotten the message from God and Jeremiah got it instead or Barak got to deliver. I don't know what the reason was, but here's what I know. The message was not well received by those in leadership positions. If you're taking notes, number seven, I want to say this about these lessons from Jeremiah 36, number seven, I believe we should be receptive to the word of God. Every time we hear it preached, every time we hear it taught in Sunday school, every time we read our Bible and our devotions, every time we uh, read a scripture verse or we hear a message, I believe we ought to be receptive. What happens when we're not receptive? It's like little by little, slowly but surely, it's like we start to tune God out, don't we? And you know, you tune God out and the next time he speaks, it's a little bit, little bit softer. The next time he speaks, it's a little bit softer. And the next thing, time he speaks, a little softer. You say, well, why is that? Because in essence, what you're doing is you are moving away from him. And the further you get away from God, the less likely you are to hear that clear voice of God speak. And it's not God's fault. It's your fault. Remember when Elijah, when Elijah talked about his experience with God, he said, God was not in the fire and God was not in the earthquake. He said, but God spoke in a still, small voice. That's why we have to listen. That's why we have to every day say, Lord, speak. I need something from your word. God, I need you today. God, would you please give me something from your word? Be receptive to the word of God every time you read it, every time you hear it. Do what the Bible says. We see number eight, and we've already talked about this. Number eight, we see that these men in leadership were more afraid of the king than they were of God. Why would someone be more afraid of a king than they would be afraid of the creator of the universe? Well, I'll tell you one reason. It's that they had a greater respect for the king. The king was more real. The king was more visible. The king was more immediate than God. But can I tell you, the same thing is happening in our society. And let me explain what I'm talking about. 
Saying, well, pastor, I'm not afraid of the king. I'm not afraid of the president. I'm not afraid of the governor. You know, what are they going to do to me? Well, hopefully nothing. But you know what we're seeing in our society? We're seeing that people are very afraid to speak the truth. And people are very afraid to stand for the truth. And here's why. They're afraid because they see what happens when somebody tries to take a stand. You know where I'm going with this. We have what's called now a cancel culture. That's why there's a lot of CEOs, and there's a lot of business leaders. And I'm not saying as a CEO, I'm not saying you have to make a statement on, on every political issue or every, everything that comes. I'm not saying that. And so if you're a business owner, I'm not saying that you have to have, you know, the Bible plastered all over your windows and all that. But I'm saying this, I think as God's people, I think we ought to be more afraid of what God has to say than we are what man has to say. And can I tell you, what can, David said this, he said, what can man do unto me? Jesus said it like this, fear him that can kill the soul rather than him that can kill the body. I believe that we as Christians should not be so worried about popular opinion. I don't think we should be so worried about impressing the people at work or impressing the neighbors or impressing uh, the people that are the, the who's who in society. I think we ought to be very concerned about being a testimony and being a light and being an example and reaching people with the gospel rather than trying to reach people with our personality or our popularity in the community. These guys, for whatever reason, they were more afraid of the king then they were afraid of God. Verse number 17, we saw those verses there. They asked Barak, and how'd you write it? And verse number 18, he said, well, Jeremiah said it, and I used my pen and wrote it with ink and all that. Verse 19, they said to Barak, they said, you better go and hide, both you and Jeremiah. And they said, and don't tell anybody where you are going. Verse number 20, they then went into the king. And they took the roll that, that Barak had written and they took it in and they told the king all the words. And the Bible says that the king sent Jehudi to fetch the roll. And he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber and Jehudi read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. So to start with, they just went into the king and they tried to give him the cliff notes. They just kind of said, you know... King, we, we want you to hear it from us because we don't want you to think we're involved and that we're, you know, accomplices in this. But, you know, we kind of heard down at the temple that Jeremiah said that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's coming, he's going to kill you and he's going to destroy the city. And we just wanted you to know kind of what he said. The king says, go get me that roll right now. He's like, I want to see it for myself. I want to hold that copy and I want to know what you're telling me is true. So they went and they brought it in. In verse 22, the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. It came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Can I tell you, you talk about bold and brazen and foolish. This king says, I don't like what that says, so we are going to chop it up. We're going to cut it up with a knife, and then just to really get it good, we're going to throw it in the fire, and we're going to let that thing burn. 
I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I want that thing destroyed. But here's the amazing part, verse 24. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Verse 25, nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah, they had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. So they're in there with the king, and the king has this scroll uh, shredded up with a knife, and he has the scroll burned, and there's three guys that are saying, King, please don't do this. Please think about what you're doing. Please think about the consequences. And the king would not listen. He destroyed it, and he burned it anyway. And I want you to notice verse number 26. But the king commanded Jeremiel, the son of Hamalek, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to take Barak, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. This king had just burned the word of God. He had destroyed it. And now he says, I want you to go get Barak, and I want you to get Jeremiah, and I want you to bring him here. But notice these, notice these few words at the end of verse 26. I love this. Here's the king. Here's the most powerful man in the kingdom. He says, go find those guys. And verse 26 says, but the Lord hid them. Where did the Lord hide them? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. Truth is, he could have hit them in broad daylight. He could have hit them in the town square. God could have just closed the eyes of those guys looking for him. I don't know where God hid them. But God hid those men. Here's the lesson number uh, nine. I'll just say it like this. When you obey God, God will take care of you. When you do what God says, the king may not like it. The people may not like it. Your own family may not like it. Your coworkers may not like it. But when you do what God has told you to do, and when I do what God has told me to do, I promise you this, God will take care of you. You can trust him. Jeremiah and Barak, the Bible says, the Lord hid them. I like that song, be not dismayed, whate'er be tied, God will take care of you. And I'm glad that God took care of Jeremiah and God took care of Barak. God always takes care of us when we obey, when we just do what he wants. Verse 27, then... This is to me, this, I almost laugh when I read this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll. You know what happened to the word of God? Nothing. You know what the king did to destroy the word of God? Zero. You can't destroy the Bible. You can't destroy the word of God. You can't change the word of God. Uh, throughout history, People have tried to burn the Bible. They've tried to destroy the Bible. They've tried to remove it from society. And while those leaders have gone and those leaders have been forgotten, the word of God still stands. God's word was still alive and well. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll and the words which Barak wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah. Now, Barak may have been a little disappointed that he had to write it all again the second time, you know, because that was a lot to write. But nonetheless, the word of God was alive and well. Verse 28, take thee again another roll 
and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, hath burned. And he tells them what to write. You tell them, say, hey, you've burned this roll. Uh, and saying, why hast thou written therein, saying the king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land and cause to cease from thence men and beasts? Verse 30, therefore, thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearkened not. We see that things did not get better for Jehoiakim. Have you ever been in a situation where, um, where, where you were in trouble and your reaction to that actually made things worse than making them better? For instance, I'll give you an example, um, and, and this is not a personal testimony, thank the Lord, but if you get pulled over by the officer, okay, for speeding, and the officer is going to write you a ticket, now, I mean, the officers we have in here, I would not recommend that you do this with these officers, but the officer comes to the, the window, and you're, you're thinking, I'm getting out of this one. I am getting out of this one. I'm going to tell that officer what for. And so the officer comes up to the window and you say, what's the matter? Don't you have anything better to do? Did you see all those other guys speeding? Oh, well, is the donut, donut shop closed today or what's going on? Can I tell you, you're not making things better. You're making things worse with a police officer. But can I tell you, when we get called out for our sin by God and we refuse to get right and we shake our fist at God and we decide we're going to do our own thing and we're going to do it our own way and nobody's going to tell us what to do and it's my life and I can do whatever I want and I know better than God and God has no right to tell me what to do. Whew, you better watch out. You've not made things better, friend. You've made things worse. Be better the first time to get right. It'd be better with that officer to say, yes, sir, you're absolutely right. I won't do it again. Brother Mike, true statement. You think that's probably better? You, you, that response would be better for you, right? Brother Gabe, that, that's a better response. Knowing Gabe, he's thinking, no, I'd like the first response. I'd like to make it interesting. <laughs> but can I tell you this? When it comes to God speaking, you don't want to make it worse. Because it's not just worse for us, but did you notice what the judgment was? The judgment was on Jehoiakim and his sons and his servants and his seed, the generations to come. The generations to come would experience judgment because one guy, because Jehoiakim, would not listen and would not obey God. We see number 10. Um, we see Jeremiah and Barak, they just stayed faithful. They just wrote another scroll. And I'll say this, number 10, stay faithful to God even when it's difficult. 
I'm sure for Jeremiah and for Barak, I'm sure they said, Lord, why do we have to write another one? He tore up the first one. He burned the first one. He wouldn't even listen the first time. God, why do we have to do this again? But they didn't say that. They just said, okay, Lord, whatever you want. This isn't about us. This isn't for us. We're just the, the messengers. We're just the delivery boys. And God will deliver as many messages as you want. Just stay faithful. And I want to encourage you tonight. Sometimes serving the Lord, it does get difficult. Sometimes it seems like the problems uh, pile up and the burdens get, get greater. It seems like the difficulties can be more. But can I tell you, just stay faithful. Even when it's difficult, just keep on trusting God. Just keep doing what God's told you to do. And then lastly, we've already seen this. But verse number 32, Then Jeremiah took another roll and gave it to Barak the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. I don't know what those many words were. I don't know if, if it was added, and by the way, don't try burning this one. I don't know if it was added of, hey, and by the way, you're in bigger trouble now and you're in more hot water. I don't know what was added, but I know this. Jehoiakim and his reaction did not change the word of God. The word of God remained the same. And I'll say this in closing, number 11, I see from Jeremiah 36, you cannot change the truth. God's word is eternal. And while Jehoiakim tried to destroy the word of God, all he did was add more credibility to it. You know why? Because exactly what God wrote and exactly what Jehoiakim burned that was exactly what happened. And nobody was thinking, oh yeah, Jehoiakim was right. Everybody was thinking, Jehoiakim was a fool because he tried to fight against God. God's word is always true. God's word will always stand. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.